Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the next chapter of Peter Pan. In this chapter, we are going to see how Peter plans to rescue and save the boys and Wendy. He snuck on the pirate ship by pretending to be the crocodile and ticking. But now, how can he free the boys and Wendy? But before we continue with our story, let's take a moment to relax. We can practice our deep breathing anytime or anywhere. But before bed, let's first turn down the lights, get comfortable, and make sure that everything feels as it should. Now, close your eyes if you'd like, and we'll begin with a few low, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. When you breathe in, be sure to slowly breathe through your nose. And when you breathe out, try to push all the air out of your lungs. Breathe in. And breathe out. Notice how you feel when you take these deep breaths. How you get more and more relaxed with each breath. How the weight of your body sinks into the bed. Breathe in. And breathe out. Throughout this time of relaxation and our story, thoughts of the day or the day to come may enter your mind. That's okay and normal. When they come, just try to return your attention to your breathing to the story and music. Breathe in. And breathe out. Perfect. Let's continue with Chapter 11 of Peter Pan. Odd things happen to all of us on our way through life without our noticing for a time that they have happened. To take an example, we suddenly discover that we have been deaf in one ear for, we don't know how long, but say, half an hour. Now, 
such an experience had come that night to Peter. When we saw him last, he was sneaking across the island with one finger to his lips at the ready. He had seen the crocodile pass by without noticing anything peculiar about it. But later on, he remembered that it had not been ticking. At first, he thought this was strange, but later he realized that the clock had probably just run down. Peter at once considered how he could turn this problem to his own use, and he decided to tick so that all the animals would believe he was the crocodile and let him pass unbothered. He ticked superbly, but there was one problem. The crocodile was among those who heard the sound, and it followed him. Peter reached the shore without any problems and went straight on, his legs encountering the water as if quite unaware that they had entered a new element. As he swam, he had only one thought, hook or me this time. He had ticked so long now that he went on ticking without knowing that he was even doing it. Had he known, he would have stopped, or to board the ship by the help of the tick had not even occurred to him. On the contrary, he thought he had scaled her side as quietly as a mouse, and he was amazed to see the pirates cowering from him, with Hook in the middle, as afraid as if he had heard the crocodile. The crocodile. No sooner did Peter remember it than he heard the ticking. At first, he thought the sound did come from the crocodile, and he looked behind him quickly. Then he realized that he was doing it himself. And in a flash, he understood the situation. How clever of me, he thought at once and signed to the boys not to burst into applause. None too soon, Peter, every inch of him on tiptoe, vanished into the cabin, for more than one pirate was gathering up his courage to look around. They could hear each other's breathing now, which showed them that the more terrible sound had passed. It's gone, Captain, Smee said, wiping his spectacles. All still again. Slowly, Hook let his head emerge from his collar and listened so intently that he could have caught the echo of the tick. There was not a sound and he drew himself up firmly to his full height. Then here we go, he cried, a little upset that the boys had seen him so afraid. 
he broke into a ditty. Yo-ho, yo-ho, the frisky plan. You walk along it so till it goes down and you goes down to Davy Jones below. To worry the prisoners a little more, he danced along an imaginary plank, grimacing at them as he sang. And when he finished, he cried, Do you want a touch of the cat before you walk the plank? At that, they all fell on their knees. No, no, they cried so loudly that every pirate smiled. Fetch the cat, Jukes, said Hook. It's in the cabin. The cabin? (gasps) Peter was in the cabin. The children gazed at each other. Aye, aye, said Jukes, and he strode into the cabin. They followed him with their eyes. They scarcely knew that Hook had resumed his song, his pirates singing in with him. Yo, ho, yo, ho, the scratching cat. Its tails are nine, you know, and when they're on your back. What was the last line will never be known. For all of a sudden, the song was stopped by a scream from the cabin. Then a crowing sound was heard, which was well understood by the boys, but to the pirates was unknown. What was that? cried Hook. The cabin's as black as a pit, Seiko said, almost gibbering, but there is something in there, the thing you heard crowing. The joy of the boys, the lowering looks of the pirates, both were seen by Hook. Zico, he said in his most steely voice, go back and fetch me out the doodle-doo. Zico, bravest of the brave, cowered before his captain crying, no, no. But Hook said, did you say you would go, Zico? Zico went, first flinging up his arms despairingly. There was no more singing. All listened now, and again came a scream, and again a crow. No one spoke. Who is to bring me that doodle-doo? Wait till Seiko comes out, growled Starkey, and the others took up the cry. I think I heard you volunteer, Starkey, said Hook, purring again. No. Not me, Starkey cried. My hook thinks you did, said Hook, crossing to him. I will walk the plank before I go in there, replied Starkey doggedly. And again he had the support of the crew. What is this? asked Hook more pleasantly than ever. Starkey? A ringleader? Captain, mercy, Starkey whimpered all of a tremble now. Starkey looked round for help, but all deserted him. And now, Hook asked courteously, did any other gentleman want to say? Seizing a lantern and raising his hook, I'll bring out that doodle-doo myself, he said, and sped into the cabin. 
slightly wet his lips to be ready, but Hook came staggering out without his lantern. Something blew out the light, he said a little unsteadily. Something, echoed Mullins. The ship's doomed. At this, the children could not resist raising a cheer. Hook had almost forgotten his prisoners, but as he swung round on them now, his face lit up again. Lads, he cried to his crew, here's a notion. Open the cabin door and put them in. Let them fight the doodle-doo. If they win, then we're in luck. If they lose, well, then we're still okay. For the last time, his men admired Hook, and they did his bidding. The boys, pretending to struggle, were pushed into the cabin, and the door was closed on them. Now listen, cried Hook, and all listened. But not one dared to face the door. Yes, one, Wendy who all this time had been tied to the mast. It was for neither a scream nor a crow that she was watching. It was for the reappearance of Peter. She didn't have long to wait. In the cabin, he had found the thing for which he had gone in search, the key that would free the children of their ties. And now... They all got ready to fight. First, signing to them to hide, Peter cut Wendy's ties. And then nothing could have been easier for them except to fly away off together. But one thing barred the way. An oath. Hook or me this time. So when Peter had freed Wendy... He whispered to her to hide herself with the others, and he took her place by the mast, her cloak around him so that he could pass for her. Then he took a great breath and crowed. To the pirates, it was a voice saying that the boys had lost. The men were upset. Lads, he said, ready to cajole or strike as need be, but never shaking for an instant. I've thought it out. It's the girl. Never was luck on a pirate ship with a girl on board. We'll right the ship when she's gone. Some of them remembered that this had been a saying of Flint's. It's worth trying, they said doubtfully. Fling the girl overboard, cried Hook and they made a rush at the figure in the cloak. There's no one who can save you now, Missy, Mullins hissed. There's one, replied the figure. Who's that? Peter Pan the Avenger, came the terrible answer. And as he spoke, Peter flung off his cloak. Then they all knew who had been in the cabin. And twice, Hook tried to speak, and twice, he failed. At last, he cried, get him, but without conviction. 
Down, boys, and at him. Peter's voice rang out, and in another moment, the sound of grunts was resounding through the ship. Had the pirates kept together, it is certain that they would have won. But the onset came when they were upset, and they ran here and there, striking wildly. Man to man, they were stronger, but they fought on the defensive only. Some of the men leapt into the sea, others hid in dark corners, where they were found by Slightly, who did not fight, but ran about with a lantern which he flashed in their faces, so that they were half-blinded and easy for the boys to defeat. I think all the men were finished when a group of boys surrounded Hook, who seemed to have a charmed life as he kept them at bay in the circle of fire. They had defeated his men, but this man alone seemed to be a match for all of them. Again and again they closed upon him, and again and again he cleared a space. Put down your fists, boys, cried the newcomer. This man is mine. Then, suddenly, Hook found himself face to face with Peter. The others drew back and formed a ring around them. For a long time, the two enemies looked at one another, Hook shuddering slightly, and Peter with the strange smile upon his face. So, Pan, said Hook at last, this is all you're doing. Aye, James Hook, came the stern answer. It is all my doing. Proud and insolent youth, said Hook, prepare to battle. Dark and sinister man, Peter answered. Let's go. Without any more words, they started and for a space there was no advantage to either. Peter was a superb fighter. Hook was equally talented, but not quite so nimble, and forced Peter back by his weight, hoping suddenly to end the fight with his favorite move. But to his astonishment, he found his thrust turned aside again and again. Then Hook tried to get close and grab Peter with his hook, but Peter doubled under it and got out of the way. Peter managed to get Hook in the ribs, and then Hook was at Peter's mercy. Now, cried all the boys, but with a magnificent gesture, Peter invited his opponent to try again. Hook did so instantly, but with a sad feeling that Peter was just being polite. Pan, who and what are you? Hook cried. I'm youth. I'm joy, Peter answered. I'm a little bird that has broken out of the egg. This, of course, was nonsense, but it was proof to the unhappy Hook that Peter did not know in the least who 
or what he was. Hook was fighting now without hope. Leaving the fight, he rushed into the supply room and started a fire and yelled, In two minutes, the ship will start to sink. But Peter quietly went into the supply room and came out and calmly flung the burning things overboard. Then, seeing Peter slowly getting closer to him through the air, he sprang upon the wall of the ship to throw himself into the sea. As he stood on the wall of the ship, looking over his shoulder at Peter gliding through the air, he invited him with a gesture to use his foot. It made Peter kick at him with his foot, and over went James Hook. Wendy, of course, had stood by taking no part in the fight, though watching Peter with glistening eyes. But now that all was over, she became prominent again. She praised them equally and then took them into Hook's cabin and pointed to his watch, which was hanging on a nail. It said half past one. The lateness of the hour was almost the biggest thing of all. She got them to bed in the pirate's bunks pretty quickly, you may be sure, all but Peter, who strutted up and down on deck until at last he fell asleep by the side of Long Tom. Peter had one of his dreams that night and cried in his sleep for a long time. And Wendy comforted him. And that's the end of this chapter. Good night.